Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Here we go, Flyers Daily for Wednesday, April 13th, as the Flyers go down last night against the Washington Capitals, a final score of 9-2 in the game. We'll get to the particulars in just a minute. Let me just start by saying this. You hear me say it a lot, that hockey is a beautiful sport when it is played correctly, when passes are crisp and in stride, players are moving with and without the puck. Coverage is predictable yet structured and good. The game is beautiful when executed properly. And as beautiful as the game is when executed properly, the converse of that is it's pretty ugly when it's not, when it lacks those things, when it lacks crisp passes to players in stride, when it lacks structure, when it lacks creativity and is played the proper way. And that's exactly what we saw last night against the Washington Capitals. You saw structure go out the window like a pretzel wrapper out of your sunroof at 70 miles an hour down 95. The structure was gone. Capital players in behind the Flyers defense over pursuit. And it wasn't just one player. It was a lot of players. Now, you understand that young players are going to make mistakes. Ronnie Adder totally over-pursued on one play. And another play, he is entangled with a capital player behind the net. But Kevin Connaughton doesn't ever pick up the other side of the ice, the right side of the ice. And as a D and a D partner, you have to be aware of your responsibility in relationship to what your partner's doing. And when Adder goes behind the net, and now picks up the left side of the ice. Connaughton's got to read that and come to the right side of the ice and assess the threats there. There's a capital player on the back door all alone. Easy tap in. Connor Sherry at one point gets behind the Flyers' defense by a country mile. Everybody is out high. Everybody is over-pursuing the play. And nobody bothers to look behind them to see eight feet behind them that there is a capital player there while they still have possession all alone on the Flyers goaltender with another one set to join. That's the Connor Sherry goal at 1530 of the second period. Again, Ronnie Adder did not have a good game. He's a young player. He's going to make mistakes in the league. No doubt about it. He kind of gets caught up on the wall. Connaughton and or excuse me, Provorov gets caught up high, and it's just a total meltdown of coverage. And not only is it a horrible breakdown in structure, it makes your goalie look horrible, but the the optics of all five players above the dots with two Capitals players beyond them when they still have possession of the puck is a hard thing to watch, and that's the ugly. That's the ugly of hockey. The Flyers put a lot of ugly on that ice last night. And, you know, we saw the screenshots last year in that month of March when things went just so insanely sideways. The lack of structure, the over-pursuit of the puck. Guys not doing their job, holding their position and taking care of their responsibility. Everybody going to the puck like a moth to the flame. Can't do that. And things melted down last year when that happened. 
And in this game, they certainly melted down. So the other night after the Flyers lost to Anaheim, they played a really good first period in that game. We're up 2-0. Gave Anaheim nothing. They had four shots on goal. And then in that second period, six shots, by the way, by Anaheim on that first period. Then in that second period, the Flyers got outshot 18-4. And I was really bothered by it. If you listen to the podcast on Sunday, talked about it on yesterday's episode with Mike Yo. And I was bothered by it because you're in a situation where you're playing well. You're not giving the other team anything. They got nothing going on. And then you let your foot off the gas. And look, hockey's momentum. There are swings back and forth. But this was overly pronounced beyond just the normal momentum swing in team sport. And it bothered me because I felt like there was a sense of entitlement to that letting the foot off the gas. Like, hey, we just played a really good game in Columbus on Thursday. We won 4-1. to one. We come in here against a team that's lost 13 out of 14. We're up 2 nothing. We can coast the rest of the way. We don't have to work. Well, if you don't work, that's what happens. And it really bothered me from not just that they lost a game or lost a lead in that period, none of those things. What bothered me is the mentality behind it. And my biggest fear was, and I said it on the pregame show last night, that, okay, the next day the sting's worn off, I'm ready to give them the benefit of the doubt, that that's an outlier going forward, that that's not going to be a trait of this team going forward because those kind of traits need to be left in this season. You can't continue with these kind of traits. And, hey, the next game or the next situation where it's relevant, maybe we don't see it. And that was an outlier, not the norm. But then we saw what we saw tonight. And I feel even more angry, A, about what happened in the second period against Anaheim because I think it directly translated into what happened last night. I don't think hockey's a sport where you can let your foot on and off the gas. Sometimes it looks like your foot's not on the gas. It is. But, hey, things just aren't going well. Sometimes it doesn't go your way. I get that. But this, is, this was not that. This was letting the foot off the gas against Anaheim. And, and, again, what looked, I felt like, some kind of sports entitlement. And we've all watched this team enough, enough to know that these traits aren't about one game. These traits are far too apparent, far too often. And with what happened last night, and watching this game, and it was not easy to watch, it's incredibly frustrating. Because in a lot of ways, I think they've taken some steps forward. But last night, the Anaheim game was one step back. Last night was six. Now you got nine games to overcome it. I mean, good news is they get right back at it tonight. They got the Rangers tonight. You get right back at it. And you can move it into the recycle bin on your computer right now, the trash bin, and empty it. But, again, you cannot just turn it on and turn it off in pro team sports like that and expect the results to be good. It's got to be turned on all the time. That hose has got to run from the minute the puck drops till it, the final horn. And again, you're not going to win every game. You're not going to win every period. You're not going to have momentum and be the team that's dictating the terms. Sometimes you're going to be reacting. Sometimes you're just not going to have your game. We all get that. But this was just an ugly, ugly hockey game. And I hope that they respond tonight. I hope they don't spiral even further because that was bad. Now, one of the other parts of this, too, is I, I mentioned Ronnie Adderd. And since coming up, you know, he finishes his college season, he signs, 
He had a dash forward in his first game. He's made some plays, some nice plays. Got his first NHL goal in the games that he's been up now. Six, I think, in the NHL. But he is making mistakes. And this comes with that notion of play the kids. There's nothing left to play for. Play the kids. Sometimes you do that. and Okay, I get it. And I'm for playing the kids right now, too, because I think it's important that they get the experience, they get the knowledge of what it's like to play in the NHL, and all of those things. But you also do put your goaltenders in peril. You do put your team in a situation where, hey, some guys are going to pay the price for players making mistakes. And you saw it last night. Carter Hart lasted a period in the game. Now, at the 213 mark of the first period, he injured himself. And I got a I got a tweet from a guy who screenshotted a tweet I made about shutting Hart down. This is a couple of weeks ago from the 29th of March when this person, Dan the Flyers fan, said, Hart's got nothing left to prove this year. Shut him down. Call Samstrom up and give him the lion's share of the NHL starts and give Ustamenko the reins in Lehigh. And my response to his tweet was, so making progress is shutting down your number one goalie for a nagging injury that if the games meant something, he would be playing and bringing up Sandstrom, who is not ready for the most unforgiving shooters on the planet behind a defense that has tons of inexperience. Wow, insanity. And he said, do you care to revisit this? I'll revisit it right now. First of all, the injury that Hart missed a couple practices for and missed the star for was not related to what happened last night. And it's easy to say these things, like care to revisit this, in hindsight when the guy gets injured again. But he got injured at 2.30 of the period on a rap attempt. He goes from his left, he has to over-pursue it to his left, and then he has that strong push from his left to his right to get that pad to the post and seal it so the wraparound goal does not go in. The game is 3-1 to one at this time. And when he does that, he gets tremendous bite, Gets a great push, an explosion. His right leg comes across, skate on post, but it jams. It jams probably into his hip or his knee. And you can see after that, he's laboring. He jumps up and he's kind of like almost shaking his right leg because he jammed it into a post that didn't move. Now, that injury happened because of what happened in that game. That's not the nagging injury that he was dealing with before. So the point still stands. Shutting a guy down three weeks ago when he had a nagging injury for a couple days, missed one start in a practice, does not translate to, we see, we should have shut him down. Hockey players want to play. Carter Hart wants to play. Now, you're at the point now, it's different. There was 18 games left at that time. Now there's nine. And pending what this injury is, and he was taken out of the game, he's got a lower body injury, didn't play the rest of the way. Mike Yo doesn't have an update after the game, just said that, he wasn't available the rest of the night. I'd imagine he's not going to be available tomorrow. Okay, now there's nine games left, two weeks left, basically. Now I'm fine shutting him down. But that's also part of it, what, what I talked about with Felix Sandstrom. So if you put Sandstrom in that spot, who's been very up and down in his pro career in the AHL, has one NHL start, and you put him into that game last night, that is trial by fire and execution. Again, the inexperience of the D makes the environment very difficult to deal with. And when you're playing teams in the NHL, like the Washington Capitals with the greatest goal scorer of all time in Alex Ovechkin, and you got TJ Oshie and Backstrom and Carlson, Kuznetsov, this one goes on down the line. That's not a great way to see what you got with him. 
How can you judge Felix Sandstrom if he's in that game based on that coverage, that D-zone coverage they had in that game last night? Fact of the matter is this. You can't judge him on it because the environment was incredibly flawed. Playing the young guys, again, is good. They're going to make mistakes. You don't want the mistakes to be as pronounced as they were in that game last night. And then go crazy about their play. They're going to make mistakes. And that is okay. Last night was not okay. But they're going to make mistakes. It's not easy to jump from the college Division I level right into the NHL. In college, you're dealing with same age, basically, players. In the NHL, you're dealing with the best hockey players on the planet. There is a huge, huge difference. All right, let's get to Mike Yo after the game and hear his thoughts. I don't have an update yet for you. Um, and uh, obviously not good enough to play in the game tonight, so I would certainly consider them both uh, doubtful tomorrow. Guys were wide open. Yeah. What were some of your biggest Oh, there was a number. I mean, obviously it's uh, – you know, you don't give up nine goals by just one area of your game locking. So there was a number of areas tonight. But uh, you know what? We it's extremely disappointing. But uh, the good news is we got a chance to respond tomorrow. Yeah, honestly, like uh, I don't have an answer for that right now. You know, we we clearly were not good enough tonight, and uh, and that's a result, especially when you play against a good team. So you know, it's a tough building to play in. Um, it appeared like we were ready to, to, to start. It looked like we had good energy off the hop and then uh, obviously turnovers fed their game. And, uh, and as they started to roll, um, we didn't respond to it. And, uh, and that's, again, that's the result. So um, my focus now is going to be on tomorrow. Wasn't, wasn't a lot of positives there tonight. I mean, I, I will say, you know, I saw Provy uh, block one, Sandy blocking two huge shots for me. That's leadership. Um, you know, obviously we don't want to be in that situation, but, uh, you know, what you do, how you respond when you're down, I think says a lot. And, uh, and again, I, th- I think we've got a chance to respond tomorrow. So we have to do that. That's it. Yeah. Well, he looks really good there. He's got deception in his game. Um, you know, again, uh, it's hard to be happy about a lot of things in the game, but, uh, but happy for him to get, uh, to get a point there, and uh, and I thought he added a lot to the power play tonight. It sounded to me like Mike Yo was maybe biting his tongue a little bit in this press conference and kind of just wants to focus on the game tonight against the Rangers, and I don't blame him. you got to pick your battles, and I'm sure that there's going to be some film to come out of this game, especially for those young players, showing the over-pursuit, showing the lack of structure. You can use that as, as teaching moments, and you got got plenty of them in this game. The video guy's going to be up all night. But the Flyers get right back at it tonight. Mike Yo's got to worry about the game tonight and not letting this game spill into the Ranger game tonight. So it is the Flyers and the Rangers at Wells Fargo Center tonight. And the Rangers right now are sitting four points back of the Carolina Hurricanes. Canes got 104. The Rangers have 100. 74 games played, 47-21-6 are the Rangers. They've lost their last one, 7-2-1 in their last 10. Flyers did just beat them, however, in the shootout. The one is the shootout loss for them. Flyers now through 73 games, 57 points, 23, 39, and 11, 3 and 7 in their last 10 games. They've now lost their last two. So it's the Flyers and the Rangers tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow. Everybody, have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.